0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to The Conversations Different, a podcast from the Santa Fe New Mexican, featuring the issues and people of Santa Fe discussed in a civil, and we trust, intelligent manner. My name is Inez Russell Gomez, editorial page editor at The New Mexican. We are an independent daily print and online newspaper owned by your neighbor, Robin Martin, committed to bringing news of importance to your homes every single day and now through this podcast to presenting discussions that reflect conversations you already might be having at home. And in this last week of August, with summer waning and fall around the corner, what else are people in Santa Fe discussing but the burning of Zizobra? It's what we have done here in Santa Fe for 99 years. That's right, old man gloom is turning 100 next year. This Friday, Zizobra once again goes up in flames at Fort Marcy Field, That's why our first podcast guest is the man behind Zazobra, Ray Sandoval from the Kiwanis Club of Santa Fe. He's been in charge of the burn since 2012, but a lifetime lover of the guy. Ray, thank you for being here.
1: Hi, Naz. Thank you for having me. I am so thrilled to be your first guest. Thank you.
0: Well, everyone loves the Zobra, so what better way to start this podcast?
1: Well, there's a lot of gloom to burn these days, so oh. yep, I, I agree.
0: Definitely. I was thinking about your life and how you grew up watching the Zobra burn. It's, it's your life. I mean, it's been there it since you were a kid. What was your first memory? <laughs>
1: You know, my parents would take us to the burning of Zozobra, and it was funny because, you know, big Hispanic family, we would take turns. So I remember that when I was old enough, my parents, it was their turn, and so they had to take all of our cousins with us, right? So we all get into the field, and I'm looking at this thing that's standing before me, and I'm just kind of in awe, right? Mm -hmm. And the lights turn off, and it comes to life. He starts moving. And right away, my cousins are like grabbing my parents by the leg and they're crying and they're not looking. And I'm like, these guys are nuts. Like this is the, this is incredible. So I'm watching this happen and he's moving and so forth. And then they ignite him and they start him on fire and he falls to the ground. And so my cousins start cheering and, and, and yapping and I start crying for our little fallen boogeyman. Right. And so at that point, I think that uh, Zizobra and I had a connection and it uh, just hasn't been broken <laughs>
0: Boy, and and you're carrying on a legacy that goes back a ways. Talk about Will Schuster and how Zazobra came to life 99 years ago.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's a great lesson for all of us. So we had Will Schuster, who was born in Pennsylvania, went to the trenches of World War I in France, got mustard gas, came back to Philadelphia, was told, hey, if you don't move out west, you're going to die. And so that was a pretty easy thing for him to do. So he moved out to Santa Fe. And he gets here and he had studied a little bit of art in Pennsylvania, um, but he really doesn't have any kind of trade. And so he actually finds a gentleman that is able to really teach him how to do and, you know, to do almost everything. They became kind of like Renaissance folks. They were able to do sculptures and paintings and poems and just all of these different things. And so Schuster became part of what we call Los Cinco Pentores, right? And I really credit that group with really bringing the art that we know to Santa Fe today, they really started that back in the 1920s. There was a lot of things that happened. La Fonda opened, the railroad, so forth. But those kind of things were the perfect storm that made us into the really the art colony that we are today. So we owe a lot to them.
0: And while they were here, there, of course, the Santa Fe Fiesta goes back to you know the late 1700s. It's been going on forever. Yeah. They decided that it needed a little pepping up.
1: Well, it's actually kind of funny. So what happens is, is that they were called five nuts in a hut, right? Mm -hmm. And what they would do is one of them would sell a painting or a sculpture and they would live off of that money until hopefully the next person. And so Christmas Eve of 1923, Schuster sells a sculpture and he gets a lot of money from it. So he goes to his compatriots and he says, hey, you know what? We've been living off rice and beans and we're just kind of tired of this. This new hotel has just opened up on the plaza. Let's go down and have an actual Christmas dinner. And whatever happens, happens in the new year. We'll figure out how to provide for it, but let's blow this, right? And so everyone agrees. So they go to La Fonda and they're having dinner and they're drinking and They're just in a pissy mood, right? And Schuster is really upset with this because he's like, I worked so hard on this sculpture. This is the money that we have. And we haven't had a nice dinner in a very long time. And all of you guys are just being kind of moody. And so he would always carry with him a little uh, sketch pad. So he gets the sketch pad out and he hands pieces of papers and he demands, he stands up and he demands that they write down what's bothering them, right? And so he does that, he gathers them in the middle of the table, he takes the candle, he lights it on fire and declares that their gloom is gone. Well, the bartender comes back, sees that there's a fire on the table, and kicks them all out. Right. So now, <laughs> now they're on their, they're on their high knees in the plaza and they're kind of laughing and it's snowing and it's this beautiful thing. And so Schuster gets this idea that you can physically write down what's bothering you and burn it and it'll kind of go away. And so that idea kind of ruminates in his head. And the next the next spring, he goes down to Mexico for a Good Friday celebration. And what he sees there is that they create a six-foot effigy of Judas, and people spit at it, they throw shoes at it, and they parade it till it gets into the plaza, and then they burn it. Okay. So he marries these two ideas, right? But he's very careful to say, I don't want this figure to be either religious or political. This figure... Exists because of our own gloom, the, the negativity that we put out into the world. And, and I love this world gloom because Schuster never believed that humans were bad, that they weren't malicious, mm-hmm. but we still did bad things. We still let each other down. We still let ourselves down. And so we create gloom. And as this gloom comes, it then materializes into Zozobra right? Mm-hmm. So now he's thinking, okay, when is the perfect time to do this? And he's thinking about how cold the winters are in, right. in New Mexico and says, New Year's would be a great time, but it's too cold, right? So he says, oh, this will be perfect for fiestas. We can go and burn right. away our gloom. So he goes down to the Fiesta Council and pops this idea, and they look at him like, you're nuts. Get out of here, right? right? This is a solemn, this is something we've been celebrating. There's, there's yeah. um, religious and cultural aspects to it. Who are you? Like this, you know, get out of and here. You're
0: just a guy from Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're just a
1: guy from Pennsylvania. Yeah. And this is what I love so much about the story because it reminds me of who we truly are as Santa Feans when mm-hmm. we're at our best. So mm-hmm. Schuster, not to be deterred, goes back and they create a counter fiesta, Right, right? Which is right. called Pasatiempo. And they decided to have it the weekend before. And so they Burns as the Obra, they then dress up. And this is not just dogs and cats. Back then there were sheep and there were cows. Well, they dress them up as members of the Fiesta Council and oh, they wow. parade them through the, <laughs> for, through the plaza. And then on Sunday, they have the historical hysterical parade, right. making fun of these proclamations, right? right? So the Pasatiempo begins to get very, very popular. And so the Santa Fe Fiesta comes back and says, you know what? We were too hasty. Why don't we join our forces together? And that is kind of the shotgun wedding of this this anti-Fiesta with the the real Fiesta, right? And the reason that that's such an important story to me is because the Fiesta Council had been celebrating this for 200 years. They could have just been like, we're going to stop it. We're going to get rid of it. No, you know, none of this. And instead, what we do as Santa Feans is we learn how to live together and we learn how to to thread those different threads. You take the best
0: from all the ideas. Exactly. Yeah, in 1712 is the first Santa Fe Fiesta. And however they celebrated with masses, processions, vespers, they were open to adding a few new things as good ideas came along.
1: Exactly, right? And so this this is what we need to be proud of as a community because this is who we are. When we're inclusive, we make each other better. When we take those threads, those colorful threads, and we add it to the tapestry of our community, that tapestry gets more and more beautiful. And, and, and it's just amazing.
0: Now, and, and carrying on that legacy, I think, is so important. And, and obviously, it's not a one-person show. There's a, how many volunteers? Hundreds?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I always get, you know, you're the Zobra guy. You're Mr. Z. And, you know, I, I take that with a, a great deal of reverence because I mm-hmm. appreciate that. But this is the Kiwanis Club of Santa Fe. This is 600 volunteers who yeah. are giving up their time to, number one, do this amazing cultural event and also be able to provide funds back to our community for youth.
0: That's right, because people forget that it is a fundraiser to help young people in our community. So all the money that you get from tickets, whatever, you know, T-shirts, et cetera, goes after you pay for the cost of putting it on, goes back.
1: And for me, that's the most rewarding because this is full circle, right? Right. We're serving the past by making sure that our traditions are strong and we're upholding those rituals that are important to our community, but we're investing in our future. And so we have this beautiful circle that continues.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That's, that's a great time to take a break and we'll be right back after this message.
2: Thanks, Inez. This is Patrick Dorsey, publisher of The Santa Fe, New Mexican. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Conversations Different with Inez Russell Gomez. Great local content is only possible with a talented staff dedicated to bringing you the best local content possible. For that staff to do its work, we need your support by subscribing to The Santa Fe, New Mexican. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. And if not, there's never been a better time to subscribe. In addition to our home-delivered newspaper that comes with full digital access, we also provide digital-only subscriptions for SantaFeNewMexican.com. We'll also be releasing more online-only audio and video programming moving forward. The Santa Fe New Mexican has been here for nearly 175 years, and we want to continue being your source for local news and information visit us at santafenewmexican.com slash subscribe or call us at 505-986-3010. Thank you.
3: It's a new day in New Mexico and the doors to boundless opportunity are open as tens of thousands of New Mexicans reach higher to pursue a dream, broaden their horizons and retrain for a better job. With the New Mexico Lottery and Opportunity Scholarships, you could build yourself a better future anywhere in the state. You put in the hard work, we'll help with the costs. For eligibility details, visit ReachHireNM.com.
0: We're back talking with Ray Sandoval about this year's burning of Zozobra. It seems to me that one of your challenges has to be that we all want Zizobra to look like Zizobra's past. He's our guy. We know what he looks like. But you also want it to be fresh. How do you balance that tradition versus this is 2023?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things is that we started the Decades Project. Right. And so this was a 10 year project to take Santa Fe through a time period that Zizobra existed. So for the 2014 Zizobra, he had a handlebar mustache, right? And he had no shirt because in the 1920s Zizobra basically didn't wasn't wearing a shirt and his hands were tied behind his back.
0: He was a prisoner.
1: He was a prisoner, right? right. They, had ca- they had caught him, they had rounded him up and now they were going to, to do him in. In the 19, for the 1920s version, he was a black and white version that we were able to then use some really cool lighting to bring color to it. And it was kind of like our homage uh, to The Wizard of Oz. It started in black and white, went into color. Um, as we got into the 30s, you know, he was fat because he had been eating up all this gloom. We all understand, you know, how difficult the times of the 30s were. And in the 40s, you know, he sported a coat and a, and a fedora that uh, a certain unmentionable name who, who was doing some things in Germany at the time in the 1940s That's created right. a lot of gloom. And so what we wanted to do is take Santa Fe through this time period, right? And as we got to the 1970s and to the 1980s, we really wanted to bring in that pulp culture because mm-hmm. one of the things that we want to do is to say, listen, this Sizobra is, is so sacred to Santa Fe, but it bo- we're also a nation, right? And we're also human beings we all know what we put out into the ecos when we disappoint the ones that we love when we disappoint each other Mm -hmm. and that's there's a primal thing to really wanting to have an opportunity to start again and to start fresh and so we wanted to make cesobras appeal a little bit wider and so that's when we came up with kind of the decades project was to say let us do this in kind of a fun way you know, there's been criticism that says, hey, you're, you're turning it into Disney or you're turning it into a rock concert. And I'm very, very sensitive to those because I, you know, those are valid criticisms. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to say that Kiwanis Club is the keeper of the flame, but Zazobra belongs to Santa Fe. And so when somebody wants to tell me, I didn't like that or you're not doing this right, I, I listen because it's important because we all should own this amazing tradition that we have. Right. But the the challenge for me is, is that the only way my tradition survives is I have to get young folks interested in the tradition. And I'm competing against movies. I'm competing against virtual reality. You put on these, you know, these goggles Mm -hmm. and you can go into a virtual world. I'm competing against video games. And so the idea was, how can we be true to the ritual, right? So that way we follow Schuster's script. You know, there's a ritual in which we sacrifice our monster, right? Right. And at the same time, how can we interpret that in a different way where we still take all the steps, but we do it in a way that's kind of fun and exciting. You know, I remember when I was a kid, the biggest question on Zazobra was, was his hair going to be orange, red, yellow, or green? Right. 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 Now it's so much fun to hear kids come up to me and say, what are you going to do this year? Last year he had tattoos or he, you know, he, he was wearing the thriller jacket or, you know, he had a, a gold chain when, you know, when he was wearing the Saturday Night Live. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted folks to understand that Zazobra should never be a one and done, right? Right. It's not a bucket list thing where you come in and you know, I, I love Star Wars, but I could mouth the entire script. I, right. I don't want that experience to be from that. I want people to be able to understand that it needs to change because it needs to represent the gloom that we're putting out that year to think back about our, our decades as we get to this 100th anniversary and really bring Zozobra to a place where it can meet people in different ways and it's just not a rerun of the same year.
0: Right. And it's it's familiar, but at the same time, it's going to be exciting. Exactly. And you have the whole lead-up because you have the fire dancer, Are there going to be gloomies? There will be
1: gloomies, absolutely. Because, you know, one of the things... So the staples of the show, and really, you know, Schuster came up with this mythology, which is that you know, we go and we put out all of this negative energy into the ecos, mm-hmm. right? And so during the year, it continues to accumulate and accumulate until all of a sudden it materializes into this boogeyman, wow. right? And is out there in the Sangre de Cristo mountains causing problems. And the New Mexican, you know, used to report on this stuff in right. the 1940s, we to, right? Th- the
0: capture. Right,
1: <laughs> to try to cap- capture Zezobra. So the townsfolks are like, we have to try to get Zezobra out of hiding so we can do him in. And so they issue him an invitation to a pre-Fiesta party, right? right, right. And Zozober's ego accepts because he's like, I'm now in the center of the city and now I can wreak havoc, right? And so there's some duplicity going on there. right? So and he this,
0: always gets caught every year. He always year. does. He doesn't learn.
1: He doesn't. But, you know, so he shows up. That's why he has a bow tie on because yeah. he's the guest of honor at this party. So right. he shows up. And at some point he gets, he's like, this is enough. And he uses his powers to plunge the city into darkness. Right. And then he steals our children from us and he devoids them of any hope or any aspirations. And they become his minions, right? The gloomies. And he's going to use Santa Fe's kids against Santa Fe to basically come in and take over our town. Right? Well, the townspeople get together and they say... We can't let that happen. He's taking our kids. And so they come back with torches. And so they start waving torches at Zizobra. Well, this just infuriates Zazobra even more. And he's able to then scare the townspeople away. So they drop their torches and they run. And it's at this point you think, well, Zizobra is going to win. That's right. Right? And then here's the beauty of the story. Schuster tells us that just as we created Zazobra through all those negative feelings, we create something that's very positive. When we're selfless, when we give of ourselves, when we're kind to one another, we put another energy out into the world, and that forms the fire spirit. Right. And that fire spirit is Zobras' arch nemesis. Right. So
0: fire is good. Fire can be
1: can light the world. Gloom. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and the so world. the so now what you have is you have the 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 fire spirit materializes right. right there on the steps because of the goodwill of the people of Santa Fe. And the, the kids see the fire spirit and it, it wakes them from this trance. And so they run back to their, their parents and Zezobra gets even angrier. And the fire spirit starts to use the energy from the crowd. And the insult to Zazobra is right before the fire spirit does him in, is that we ignite these fireworks that look like waterfalls right okay. and it's an, it's it's an insult to him because we're saying that even water that our hope and our dreams and our aspirations are so powerful that we can even take water that could save you from this, and we can turn water into fire yeah. and then ultimately because of us, we win right? right because of the goodwill we win. but that's the story, and one of the things that I always try to remind people is the people of Santa Fe have to show up. They have to give their goodwill because if they don't,
0: that's when Zobrav wins. That's when he wins, and it seems like he's won a lot, at least in the months between the burnings. Absolutely, because we're kind of crabby these days. One thing about Zobrav that's so important is the voice. Yes, and absolutely. And getting that right is just—it
1: <sighs> is. You know, it—it it is number one. If the voice is correct, it allows you to be enveloped. In this entire world, Mm -hmm. right? If the voice is wrong, it kind of it bumps you out of it. And and you have to be careful because the voice can take you to a place where it's corny or stupid, or you can laugh at about about it, or it can take you to a place where it's integral to it and it actually it's creepy and it's there. And so, you know, we had uh, Harold Gans. So the original voice, I don't know if you know this, was Mm -hmm. actually a recording of a lion. Growling. I did not know that. So, the 1950s, right? And what would happen is the Zober would catch at different times. And so the lion's voice never matched up. And so Harold Gann goes to Schuster and says, We really should do this live. And Schuster says, Great idea. You're the voice. Mm. And wow. Harold's like, okay, I don't know how to do this, right? So Harold taught himself how to do the voice. Um, I would love, I wish we had Harold. I mean, that voice when I was a kid, coming over those speakers was creepy and ominous and just, it was phenomenal.
0: You thought Zizobra was gonna come get you. Right, you did. Yeah, it totally. You you totally
1: did. Um, And then when when, when Harold passed away, Mike Ellis took over. He did such a great job. He got really sick. We had one of our opera folks kind of help us. He didn't get the character though. Right. And so huh. even though he was really good at doing the voice, it wasn't the right character. Yeah. And so we held auditions and now Pil- Bill Barnell, a judge from Albuquerque, um, has he had studied, he, you know, and he said he would just in his spare time, he would try to he would listen to Harold and he would try it. And he's come the closest, I think, to Harold. And so we're really excited to have him on board
0: that's pretty exciting and and you think about it we didn't hear Harold at the beginning so maybe in a year or two it'll all work and you'll get the guy that for 10 years is the voice and kids are going to be afraid of yeah and he has to grow into the role too right you have
1: to learn the different things and you know even though as a spectator you think you understand the show but when you're the actual the main character in this melodrama there's lots of things that you get through experience so he's got the voice and I think as we get a little bit more seasoned I think he's going to be able to marry that with who the character of Zizobra is, and we're going to be really happy with it.
0: It's kind of exciting, and he could pardon himself, I guess. That's right. Yeah, if he wanted to. Um, one of the things is you had you know 70,000 people or so last year, yep. 300,000 watching on a live stream. That has brought Zizobra to the world and, and probably made people realize that Burning Man is not original. That's it's right. It's based on something else, which is us. Um, but that park is pretty tight in terms of space? How do you manage that crowd? And when is too much?
1: So one of the things is that we always knew we were going to continue to grow, right? Last year, 71,000 was an eye opener for us. We just didn't expect to hit those numbers that soon. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we did is that we implemented a drone program where we had drones that came in and looked at all of the different things, was able to count people. And we went back starting in October, and we started a complete review of Zozobra. And what we found was that the, the park can probably hold about 60,000 folks. And what we did is went back to the board. We ran emergency simulations. We looked to see how many exits we had. Um, and we decided that this year we would cap it at 55 because we feel more comfortable that if God forbid, there was a, a weather event or an act of something. The
0: lightning storm from a few yeah. years
1: ago. That- we want to be able to get people out in a safe manner yeah. and that's 71. And, you know, I will tell you that as the crowd filled last year, you know, as human beings get closer and closer to strangers, there's a different, I mean, there's those folks who, who get up in the front of the line and they mm-hmm. don't care who they're next to, right? They're just, they want to be in the front. But then there's other folks who, when you start invading their personal space, it starts making them a little bit more anxious. And so we don't want to create that. And so we spent time with our safety officials. We've run models. We've spent a lot of time with the fire marshal, really looking at this. Mm -hmm. We've improved our exit signage. We've improved lighting upon upon the exits. And so we feel that we really have a very good plan. We're going to look at 55. And if that, if we still feel like that's too much, then we're going to, because we have to, we have to put people's safety first.
0: So basically you're not setting any more records in terms of turnout, so that's a a decision. Are you gonna have to raise ticket prices to make that work?
1: You know, one of the things is, and this is what's so really, uh, this is a challenge for us, right? Because we want to be the all family event, right? Right. Kids are attending under are still free. Uh, The ticket is $20 and you get a New Mexico discount, so you're paying $15 for general admission. That is really important to us. We don't want to alienate our families. And we know electric bills are gonna be high. We know gas is high. We know inflation is still hurting folks. This needs to be an event where all of Santa Fe can afford. So what we've tried to do is go after sponsorships. We've created premium premium viewing areas, mm-hmm. right? Which are not in the field. We used other spaces that we could find in the the venue that traditionally had never gone used. And we build platforms and we sell those for, for high dollars, right? right? And that is an ability then to help keep that complete, that cost down because, again, we want our kids to be able to come and experience our traditions, and we want our families to be able to afford it. So the last thing we want to do is raise ticket prices. We're going to continue to look for sponsorships. We're going to continue to look for creative ways to fund this and try to keep that ticket price affordable.
0: That makes sense. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with Ray Sandoval.
3: My name is Maria Jose Rodriguez Cadiz, and I am the Executive Director with SOLACE Sexual Assault Services. Our mission is to prevent sexual violence and empower survivors of sexual violence through restoring dignity, strength, and resiliency. For almost 51 years, SOLACE has reduced the impact of sexual violence. We do it by focusing on human rights, social justice, hope, and dignity. We believe survivors are experts in their own experiences and acknowledge that empowering them is crucial to their healing. Our advocacy, forensic interviewing, and therapy services are centered to their needs. Our sexual violence prevention programs in schools and community is just as important. Please check our website at findsolace.org. And if in need, you can call our 24-7 hotline, which is 800-721-7273. Your support is crucial to the lives of survivors. Thank you. Gracias.
0: We are back talking to Ray Sandoval about the burning of Sazobra, which will happen this Friday at Fort Marcy Field. It's one of the most exciting nights in Santa Fe. And for a time, though, it wasn't on a Friday night. It was on a Thursday night um, after some very sad and unfortunate violence uh, one night at the plaza after the Santa Fe Fiesta in 1998. Um... I remember reading in the paper about a law school student who flew back from Boston to say, don't move it from Friday. What made you do that, Ray? Because that was you.
1: You know, I, it, it, so first of all, I don't want to in any way undermine the tragedy that happened, yeah. right? I completely understand that. But one of the things that I knew was that if we moved it to a Thursday night, our children would not be able to attend. They would have Friday, They had Friday morning, they had school, yeah. right? And again, a tradition cannot survive if you don't have fresh blood and you don't have those kids in the audience and getting excited about your history and your culture. That was, to me, was a trade-off that we weren't able to make. And, and so I really vehemently opposed us going to Thursday. And unfortunately, my prediction came true. As we got to 2012, what we saw was we saw a very tiny crowd and none of it was our kids. Right. And if our kids didn't come, our local people didn't come either. Right. And so we went back to the police and we went back to the city and and I completely understand we don't have the ability to have police at Fort Marcy and at the plaza. And so the idea was, how can we accomplish this? And so what we decided to do is that we would go on Labor Day weekend because, number one, our expatriates could come back, right? Right. It's a national holiday. They could fly back. They could spend some time um, with their families. And we could get that Friday night back, which was critical to us to make sure that we get our kids back and our youth back to really, you know, get – uh, to really enjoy this this cultural event, and to be able to be the people that we're going to be able to hand the torch to next, That's
0: right? They can join the Kuanas in a few years, Ex- exactly. You know, yep, and help because you have to train people to take it over because it's Absolutely. a complicated show. You've got the dancing, the pageantry, the actual movement of the marionette, who's fifty feet high. Yep. It is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in the world. That's right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and the other thing is social media now, right. And marketing and we have, and we got to keep everybody safe and we're turning a park that is normally open on every side into a venue um, that we can actually make sure that it is, it's a secure venue. And we're talking with neighbors to make sure that folks aren't in their neighborhoods and doing stuff. And so there's all these tentacles, but you know, it is a labor of love because Mm -hmm. We right now, especially in our world where everything is just so instant gratification, we don't talk to each other anymore. You know, the other day we were at dinner with my parents and all of us were on our phone and I just I looked up and I was like, this is awful. So I asked, I said, let's every and I'm the biggest offender. Right. I'm always checking work and doing stuff. So I said, let's put our phones away. So we all gave our phones to my mom. She put it in her purse. We need as a society to start being together again, to remind ourselves that, you know, we may have differences, political differences, different thoughts, but at the heart of it, we're all human beings. We all want the same thing. We want to be loved. We want to have shelter. We want to be able to, you know, do these things. And our technology has really isolated ourselves, us from ourselves. And these community community events become even more important right now.
0: And when you come to Zizobra, you're going to see somebody you haven't seen in 20 years. Right. And have a wonderful conversation that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. I think I went to high school in Texas because we had moved there. And I'm at Zizobra like 30 years ago. And I look across and there's a boy I went to high school with. That's awesome. Who had come with his really hot younger girlfriend. (laughs) And I I believe he did very well for himself. Um, But... This year, what do we expect?
1: You know, so this is the last year of our decades project because next year is the hundredth. So we're going to go back to a very traditional, but very elegant Zazobra. Okay. So, you know, I looked all over the place for pop cultural references and I've got to tell you the 2000s were the most challenging, right? It it just, there was these weird fads where people dressed up like Richard Simmons, but it still looked like the 1980s. There was another fad where Letterman jacket came back, but they didn't change anything. It just like a copy of the 1950s. And so I was going through this and I was like, I don't understand what I'm going to do. So finally I went to the movies, yeah. right? And it was through the movies genre that I was able to come back and say, that's it. That's going to be our theme. So I think folks are going to be shocked at what Zobra looks like because he's never, but I think they're going to be overwhelmingly happy. And especially our younger kids, they're going to go nuts.
0: They're going to like it. Yeah. That, that's exciting. When you see Zazobra you want kids to just
1: be in awe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even if they're afraid of him, There, you know, it just, it opens up that conversation. And I think that, you know, we're human beings and we're here on this rock for a little time and we have a decision to make. Are we going to be the Zobra and put more gloom into the world? or Are we going to be the fire spirit and try to put light into our world?
0: That is a beautiful place to stop. And thank you. It has been fun to host you. you at our Conversations Different. We will be back every Tuesday to talk to newsmakers and consider issues that matter in Santa Fe. You can find conversations different on our website, SantaFeNewMexican.com. Thank you for spending time with us.